thank you for joining us on the Rose Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit rosechurch.org or follow us on social media at Rose Church PDX. Well, hey, we're going to jump into the Word today. And uh, if you're a visitor, um, you kind of got ambushed. You kind of walked into a pretty special moment, um, and, I, and I really don't use this word lightly. Um, this is a historic moment in our church, in our church's history, which has only been 19 months. Um, but this is a pretty big day, pretty big moment. If uh, you are newer or maybe been gone for the last number of months and you're back today, welcome back. But we've been on this series called All In for the last eight weeks, from before, really, the week before Vision Sunday till kind of now. We've been on a pretty long journey called All In. And I also want to say thank you. You've been the easiest church to lead in this moment and in this season. Usually when money is brought up, attendance goes down, stuff starts happening, and, it, and it's very difficult to have these discussions, let alone for eight weeks in a row. And uh, you've had the best attitude. You've 100% been all in. So thank you so much for being just truly amazing the last seven or eight weeks. And today is the culmination of our entire series, entire um, things that we've been talking about. Today is our Give Sunday. So All In Sunday is today, and then we'll start a new series here um, called God Came Near um, uh, next week and into Christmas. Um, so today's a pretty special moment, and I told the team I'm not going to preach today. I kind of lied. Um, slash, I'm not going to preach. I'm going to share some thoughts today that I wrote down last night. I'm going to share some thoughts, not preach, okay? And then we are going to give here in a moment. But I, I do want to challenge you on some things, um, and I'm so excited to get rid of trains. I'm just telling you what. Thomas the Tank, your days are coming short, my friend. Um, Matthew 14. If you have a Bible, let's go to Matthew 14 together. If you don't have one, no worries. It always on the screen for you. I just want to read a few verses, and then we are going to, um, I just want to share a few things, and then we'll land on one phrase in this, in this passage. But Matthew 14, pretty famous passage. If you've ever been in church, maybe heard it before. Um, and I would maybe shed some different light on it than you've, than you've ever heard. But Matthew 14, immediately after this. After this is the feeding of the 5,000. Five loaves, two fish, miracle, been in church. You know that story. Don't need to go over it. But that is the after this. After a huge miracle, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills to pray by himself. Okay, so he's... He's alone. He's up on the hill. He sends them on a boat by themselves. Can get context of the story. Night fell, and he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, or now far away from Jesus, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About 3 o'clock, or the Bible says the fourth watch, which is the darkest moment in the night. In the morning, Jesus came toward them. Mark's account says he saw them and went toward them walking on water. When the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified. In their fear, this, the Greek word cried means like they screamed, like a, like a bunch of grown men are screaming. It's a ghost. But Jesus, I love this, and Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. Take courage. It's me. I'm here. I love Peter. Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you, walking on the water. Jesus says, come. Well, I think it's shaking. I thought, is that me? Am I just, do I need to eat something? No, it's, the thing is shaking. Okay. 
<laughs> so Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But look at this. When he saw the wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Look at this. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples, now all in the boat together, with Jesus and Peter, worshipped him. And they said, you really are the son of God. You know, we're in a really special moment today that we are we're giving financially above and beyond our normal giving. And I just want to share a few thoughts on Matthew 14 because it's really, really an amazing passage. Because if you will, today is our getting out of the boat moment. Today we are getting our faith out of the boat. We're getting ourselves out of the boat. We're getting our finances out of the boat. So today, we are Peter today, that we are getting up and out of the boat, and Jesus is calling us. But a few thoughts. Number one, I love the Bible says that Jesus says, get in the boat, go to the other side, and he goes up to the hill. So they're far away from Jesus now. He's on the hill praying alone. They're in a boat in a storm. The Bible says they are far from land. In other words, Jesus, they're far from Jesus because he's on land. What's amazing, has you, have you ever been in the middle of the storm and felt like Jesus is so far away? They're in the middle of the storm. They're, the Bible says they are rowing so hard to get out of this storm. And the Bible says Jesus is far away. I don't know if you've ever been there going through a storm, going through hardship, and you feel like the waves are crashing in and life is crashing in and Jesus is nowhere to be found. I love Mark 9. I love Peter's account, which is the book of Mark. I love it, the Mark 9 account, because it says not only did he walk toward them, Mark's account says he sees them and walks toward them. But that is so encouraging to me, because the Bible says they're at the fourth watch, 3 o'clock in the morning, which uh, fishermen and people uh, would be out, uh, up at that moment would call it the darkest hour. I'm so thankful that when I'm in my darkest hour, that Jesus, even though he might feel far away, that he still sees me in the midst of my storm, in the midst of the waves. In my darkest hour, Jesus says, I see you. I know where you're at. I know where to find you. Friend, if you walked into church today in your darkest hour, take courage. Jesus goes, I see you. I know where you're at. I might feel distant, but I know where you are. I'm so thankful that even in moments where I can't see him, he can see me. Moments I can't find him, I can't see him. He feels distant, he feels long, long ways off. He, he sees us, and it gets even better. He not only sees us, he starts walking toward us. Now this is so encouraging, because is, is this not the gospel at play in Matthew 14? I'm so thankful that while we are going through life, Jesus doesn't say, come to me. Get up out of the storm and come to me. He goes, no, I'll come to you. You sit there in the storm, and I will start walking towards you. If you are in the midst of life today, good news. Jesus isn't saying, figure it out, get better, and come toward me. He is so good and so gracious. He says, I will come to you because you can never come to me. So I'll come to your storm. And I love Jesus because he is so gracious and so good, he enters the storm with us. Are your prayers geared toward Jesus get me out or Jesus get in? Because I found that Jesus will often not get us out, but he will get in. 
So maybe if you're in a storm today, maybe the result isn't, Jesus, get me out. Maybe the result is, well, if I'm going to go through it, Jesus, you better get in the storm with me. If I'm going to go through this battle, if I'm going to go through this marriage crisis, Jesus, you better come in it with me. Because I'd rather be in a storm with Jesus than in a mountain by myself. And he starts walking on water. Comes, this is so good. The Bible says they, they, they see him, but they don't know it's him. And these grown men start screaming. It's a ghost. So let me pause here for a moment. I think even some of my readings and what I was going through last night, I think they thought it was a ghost because they'd never seen Jesus operate that way before. This is the first time seeing him walk on water. They've seen the five loaves. They've seen the blind eyes. They've seen the lame walk. They've seen the deaf get, get, get hearing. They've, they've seen him operate in many other ways, but they've never seen him walk on water. And isn't that a, a fitting principle that when, when God operates in a way we're not used to, we think it's not him? How often do you put God in a box? Well, you blessed me last time this way. Do it again the same way. I wonder how often God has been trying to operate in your life. You're like, where's God? He's like, it's me in a different form. But we enjoy putting him in a box of, you better work this way. You better speak this way. Hebrews 1 says God spoke in many different ways to many different people and many variations. In other words, we can't go, well, this is how God speaks. No, God speaks how he wants to speak. And the disciples saw Jesus, but they didn't know it was Jesus because he's never operated in that form. Can I just say, I want to be a leader. I want to be a Christian. I want to be a church that allows God to operate as God. Whatever, God, whatever you want to do, do it how you want to do it. Speak how you want to speak. Move how you want to move. Because I don't want to put you in my box. Isaiah 55 says, Jesus, God is talking. He says, my ways are not your ways. And my thoughts are not your thoughts. And then that's pretty, that's pretty obvious. And then he has to make it worse. No, no, no. My thoughts are like from the heavens to the earth. Like it's, it's a big, big difference if you didn't pick it up. My thoughts are this much bigger than your thoughts. Can I just ask you today in your life, your finances, your marriage, are you trying to get God down to, are you trying to get God, trying to get him up, up, to, up there? So are you like, God, come down to me. Think my way. Move my way. Or is our prayers, God, bring me up to how you think. Bring me up to how you move. God, I don't want you to come down. I want to go up. I don't want to bring you down to my mind, down to my recognition, down to my, my philosophy. God, bring me higher. Because I want to think like you. I want to move like you. See, the reason I think Jesus, uh, Peter had confidence to walk in water because he saw Jesus do it. And so if, if our image is Jesus, what he does gives us confidence to do what he did. So Jesus comes by and he goes, oh, it's a ghost. And this is, this is just so good. Have you ever been to like Multnomah Falls, Niagara Falls? Like water's very loud. You can't even talk three feet to someone without being like, what? Like water, when it's crashing and wind is going, is so loud. But when Jesus speaks, it cuts through all of the noise. It cuts through all of the wind. It cuts through everything. And I'm so thankful that even in the midst of chaos, the midst of noise, the midst of overwhelming, Jesus' voice can cut right through the middle. And he goes, up. Oh, that's Jesus' voice. I don't know what I would do without that voice. Go left. 
Don't write. Stop. Don't do that. Don't send that. Listen to me. My goal as your leader or pastor or friend is not to get you familiar with my voice. It's to get you familiar with his voice. That when you need it, you know that voice. What does Jesus say in John 15? My sheep know my voice. In the midst, I don't know if you like really think about this at all, because it's kind of depressing. The world is very loud right now. About climate change, if it's real, not real, about government, about political things, about rumors of war, about presidency. Like the world is loud right now. But I'm so thankful that his voice can cut through the static and speak straight to us. And I love it because they don't see him and they hear him and that's enough for them. They still can't see him, but they know, I know that voice. Can I just submit to you, when you can't feel God's hand, trust God's voice. I don't know where God is, but I know that voice. And he speaks through the whole thing. And then this is so good. We'll we'll, kind of end here. Peter, Jesus, if it's you, haven't we already established it's him? Pretty obvious, Peter. But isn't that just like you and I? I need a little more evidence. I think God's doing this. One more thing, God. One more dream. One more goosebump. I just need one more, Jesus. It's just, we, we are Peter. We are these people that's pretty obvious it's Jesus, but he's like, oh, if it really is you, call me out. Call me out upon the waters. Let me come to you. And then Jesus, I love Jesus because he, he goes, okay, come. Now, if I was Peter, I would have been like, I was kind of kidding. I meant metaphorically, Jesus, upon the waters, like, lead me where my trust without fail. Like, let Brooke sing to me, like, metaphorically. I didn't really, and Jesus goes, you want to come? Come. I remember the first staff meeting, I think it was Cassie that said it first about staff meeting, that, like, the building got brought up. She's like, are you going to do it? And I was like, well, yeah, of course. If every door opens, I'm in. Because I thought no doors would open. I'm serious. I was like, would you do it? Well, yeah, if that many doors open, of course I will. Because I didn't think none of them would open. But guess what? Every door opened. And so now it's like, Jesus like, you wanted a building? Come on. I wonder how many of us eight weeks ago, like, I can't wait to give. And now it's like, eight weeks in, you're like, I, I don't know. Peter gets out of the boat. I could just promise you we're to watch the DVD in heaven, but he, he is so confident. I bet you the first three steps. I bet you he's like swagging on the first three steps. But it's interesting, once he gets to the middle, fear sets in. Isn't that how fear works? I don't think it takes as much faith to start something as it is to keep it going. We can just get out of the boat. Ah, Jesus, let's go! And then, but the middle, it's like, I'm away from my boat, and Jesus is still distant. And it's usually the middle that fear sinks in. And by the way, whenever you let fear in, fear will always sink you. Every time. I was so pumped about this building until a few weeks in. I was like, I don't want to do one more inspection. I can't do one more phone call. I can't fill out one more paperwork. I... I don't want to do one more color design, paint option, carpet. I, I will never buy a building again, right? Then I got faith again. But it was, 
It was, some of you are like, what are we, we're giving to this? Like, what are we, what are we doing? But I had so much confidence the day that we like signed. But once we started getting in the middle, isn't it really interesting? And he goes, I see the wind. What? You see wind? Because many of us are led by things we don't see, but we feel them. Peter's like, I feel the wind. And his eyes get off Jesus and onto the wind. And how much energy have you wasted on the what if this happens? The wind. I can't see it, but I feel it could happen. And you've wasted sleepless nights. You've wasted money. You've wasted arguments. You've wasted moments of joy. You've wasted moments of peace off the, yeah, but what if it happens and it never did. And now you've wasted all of that based off the wind. He gets out there, and, he's, and his eyes turn from Jesus. Let us in this journey fix our focus on the author and the finisher of the same one that started this journey in August. It's going to be the same one that finishes in February. Because we know that when he calls us out, he is faithful and just to continue what he started. And I'll, and I'll end here. I'm done sharing. Not preaching, because I didn't preach, I shared. A friend of mine who is leading a church, we started the same month. He's in a different city. They're saving money to buy a building. They're buying a $9 million building, and they have like $1.8 million saved. He's no longer my friend. We're talking about the money and about offering and about what's already been given, and he was like, why are you so confident? He's like, Andrew, your church hasn't given $500,000 in the last 13 months. And you're trying to raise it in a weekend. He's like, yep. He's like, do you have any money saved? I was like, no monies. No monies. He's like, how much is the building? I was like, 2.5 million. He's like, how many millions do you have? I was like, no millions. He's like, why are you so confident? that it's gonna happen. I was like, all I have to do is turn around. Could I submit to you, every time you lack confidence in God, just turn around. Because then you start remembering, oh yeah, yeah, he was there back then. Yeah, he was there in that moment too. Oh, I remember five years ago, he was there too. Oh, I remember in that giving, he was there too. Oh, I remember, and before you know it, every time you're in a moment of fear, just turn around and your past starts giving you confidence for your present. Because the Bible says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why are we so quick with the yesterday and the tomorrow, but we forget the today? I've learned by now, in my 19 months of pastoring, or being the man, right? I've been 10 years in ministry, but 19 months of like leading a church. I've learned by now that when you need it, it shows up. When we needed drummers, Davey shows up. 
We needed more drummers. Anna shows up, and Yadel shows up, and Ruth and Cynthia show up. And then we need more people, and Gerald and Mel show up. And then we need some help with uh, sound. And then Justin shows up for the Bossa Nova. Justin ditches us for Austin, Texas. And Gabe shows up. We need more creative help. Hannah and Cody show up. We need electrics, and Dakota shows up. I have learned by now that if you are in the will of God, it is God's bill. And every time that you need him, he has someone on the way. Do not fret. Do not worry. If you are stepping out of the boat, God knows when you need him, who you need, how you need him, what money you need. I have learned by now, if you are willing to take the step out, God's willing to go, I got you. Don't worry about it. I'll meet you in the middle. We stand to our feet tonight.